0: I don't want to assume anything about this musician because with his baby face, he could be underage. And so I I don't want to make, but assuming he is of age, I just want to say there's something about a guy in a cowboy outfit that just makes me want to bone down. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know what it <laughs> do me say think, it. I don't think either boys or girls bone down. I, I bone down plenty. <laughs>
2: And <laughs> well, on that note, welcome to
0: the no. Oh. No. We have a fair amount of boning down in the two chapters that we have to discuss today. Jamie and Tyrion. Is it boning down or is it just boning? Listen, Eric, it's boning down. I've never heard that before. I've never. I'm
1: not saying I'm skeptical. Well, I am a little skeptical, but I didn't.
0: We're expanding your horizons, man. Yeah,
3: dude.
1: Okay. That is what I look to you guys. When a man loves a woman. Okay. Very much. When a man.
0: (laughs) Very much. (laughs) Bone bone down. They go to the movies. Bones down on a woman. Exactly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us today. Um, Apologize (laughs) for.
2: Zach, you just really should not have shown this video. Clearly, it's gotten Kate (laughs) all worked up.
3: (laughs) I know. The oh, music oh, was sent um, to us by Yako um. from Budapest, where I will be moving very, very soon. Really? To bone down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. You're going to bone
3: no. down in Budapest. Bone down in Budapest. No, this is horrible. <laughs> Today. <laughs> no, it's uh, great.
1: For, for
3: all of you listening at home that might be wondering, um, we're doing, for the first time in this book ever, the Dos Chapters.
1: Dos that Chapters! Dos Chapteros! That means
3: too, You heard that one? Yeah? Yeah? hmm Okay, good.
1: I feel like Dos is appropriate. It's like in the West, you know? It's like in New Mexico. That's true. Everything's a little bit more Espanol.
0: So this Jamie chapter, <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about it. I have some feelings. I thought this Jamie chapter was excellent for the following reasons.
1: Um. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you thought it was excellent? Oh. You, you thought it was, oh. it was pretty good? Yeah, um. I thought it was
0: great. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> Jamie chapters tend to be about one of like three things, right? It's either Jamie thinking about fucking his sister. mm Jamie thinking about how cool he is at doing everything.
3: Even doing (laughs) it.
0: He's probably, yeah, he probably thinks he's pretty good at boning down. Even though he's only ever had sex with one lady, it does happen to be the only lady that he's spent any significant amount of time around, which is kind of, kind of impressive. Um, or thinking about how much, uh, of an ugly bitch Brienne is. (laughs) Like those are, those are his three things that he thinks about. And I, the more I think about how much he calls Brienne a wench, just like every time he calls her a wench, I'm like, fuck off, Jamie. Cause I love Brian. I, I mm-hmm. do not think that she is a wench. Um, but, but the fact that he even privately thinks is like, oh, the wench doesn't like <laughs> to be reminded that she's a wench. Like, uh. fuck and <laughs> shut up, man. When you call her a, nobody wants to be reminded that they're a wench. Yeah, that's, that's awful. True. But, but what I liked about this chapter, you see Jamie being, he, he has several times during this chapter, he, strategizes and he thinks about stuff and he realizes you know what's going on in the subtext uh he has the experience this like casual lazy experience where he he has uh he knows when people are full of shit he can assess a situation very rapidly and see like ah, they probably killed this person and there are probably bandits on the road and they're probably friends with this guy and you you he doesn't even acknowledge it in his own head when he realizes it, he just like will say it out loud later and you'll be like, oh, he realized that way back in this chapter. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. And I'm in his head. So I, I really like how smart Jamie is in this chapter. But the thing I like most is that during the course of this chapter, he's realizing how smart Brienne is. Like he thinks of her as this mm-hmm. big cow of a woman who's just dumb and has a big sword and whatever. He's he's been underestimating her quite a bit. But they start coming to the same conclusions. And Jamie is a smart guy. So the fact that Brienne is agreeing with him without them having to discuss it, she's just taking the actions that he would have taken had he been in the same, uh, boat. So, so to speak, man, they were in the same boat and this year,
2: they were on a boat. Yep.
0: If he were in charge of the situation, he'd be making the same decisions she is. And he's starting to really show his respect for her. Uh, and I like that. Like
1: here's Kate, I agree with you, but I did quote, uh, that I did. I, <laughs> I did have to save the. Uh, here's the quote where, where as you say, he's he's gaining respect for Brienne. Here's the quote uh, from page 154 in my book. Well, she may be ugly, but she's not entirely stupid, I,
0: which is still like oh, the worst. Like David. So like, not yeah. all
1: the way there. He he's has not, a he's way. Not,
0: he's not. He has a way
1: to go yeah. with her still, which is which is great. I mean that that though is the. The setting like you you have to learn where they're at and that is where they're at he's beginning to realize as as you're saying i mean when when they have to choose which road they're gonna take um next and you know she chooses the road that he would have taken yeah it's there's this real acknowledgement from him um at least in his mind where he's like oh yeah she's she's not she's not dumb like she's not gonna just get us killed
0: yeah because he he realizes that the innkeeper is probably sending them down a road that's full of his friends because earlier in the chapter he thought there was way too much horse shit in the stables and he was like, "There's a lot more horses uh, that are somewhere that were shitting in the stable that's and now fresh there shit. aren't." Yeah, I know so, fresh shit. Yeah, and when he, I liked, I liked the sort of a double entendre there to, at some point when he's in the stable. <laughs> Let me find like, this quote. He
1: says horse shit and expects her to catch his meaning.
0: The man who wasn't an innkeeper rubbed his jaw. There's a smithy round back of the stable. Show me, Brienne said. Yes, said Jamie, and the sooner the better. There's far too much horse shit about here for my taste. I would hate to step in it. He gave Mm -hmm. the wench a sharp look, wondering if she was bright enough to take his meaning, which he, I thought he was just like, this innkeeper is so fucking full of it, but- I think what he actually meant was, there's a lot of horse shit here, yeah. and there's not a lot of horses, so oh, we should like be careful. like hint,
1: hint, nudge, exactly. nudge. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's cool. That's pretty, like, that's like third level right. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good It's good easy to stuff. forget
3: that we're, I mean, this is the last time we were with Jamie and Brianne. <clears throat> there was dead people hanging in a tree, mm-hmm. and uh, other people in a much larger uh, seafaring river-faring vessel that wanted to destroy them and make them not alive anymore. Or at least take them back to River Run, whichever worked. So when when they when they rode in to this to this air quotes inn, I I wasn't expecting anyone to be there, let alone you know a, a family that has usurped the business. But they seem to they seem to know their their
1: their new business pretty well though. So I was I was impressed. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was impressed. I feel like there's a few professions you would just learn just in case you find yourself inhabiting <laughs> like a, a broken down inn, right, or mm-hmm. with nobody there. I don't know.
2: One of the things I liked a lot about this chapter uh, was the history. And you got a little bit of it in the very first couple paragraphs. And then you got a bit more when Jamie is uh, going through what happened that fateful day in King's Landing. And I just like how it's so interwoven into the text, right? So oh, yeah. it starts out with uh, Sir Cleos when he's talking about this Inn of the Kneeling Man. And he says, It stands upon the very spot where the last king in the north knelt before Aegon the Conqueror to offer his submission. That's him on the sign, I suppose. And it goes on after that to say, Torin, which we know Torin Square was named after, had brought Mm. his power south after the fall of the two kings on the field of fire. But when he saw Aegon's dragon and the size of his host, he chose the path of wisdom and bent his frozen knees. Mm. And just the knowledge of the history that, first it's Sir Cleos who's talking about this, and then it changes to Jaime who's continuing on his story. And I know we'll talk more about what uh, Jamie had to go through. Um, so. Yeah, it's w- with the mad King, but uh, it's just kind of the fact that you could be in this situation. Like you said, Zach, they just came off nearly being killed. So a bunch of people hanging from trees, right? And now they're here trying to continue upon their quest. And yet there's still all this Westerosian history. That's, interwoven throughout the uh the story.
3: Yeah, and I and I can feel it. I can feel not only what what they were discussing regarding the actual sign of the end, but I can feel the the tension in the air, not just because Jamie is a captive. I mean, I understand his crossness toward Brienne in a lot of ways because she's the she's the person that is taking him in chains. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. not exactly on a mm-hmm. casual friendly trip with her. So it's it's a little different. If it was maybe just another guy and Sir Cleos or maybe just Sir Cleos, I have a feeling that Jamie would have someone to pick on either way. Uh, so I don't think it's only because she's a big cow in his eyes. I just think that makes the target a little bit easier, which, again, isn't very nice or fair. But, I mean, they're in the middle of the War of the Five Kings. They can't even approach an inn without wondering how many people might kill them or if they go in there, how many people are dead. So it's different. Yeah, And learning so much more of what was in jamie's head in this chapter and i i never thought that we would see um the throne room scene like we did in this chapter so i was very very pleasantly surprised that it came and it came without fervor and it came without warning and it was just really nice to read uh, all that happened yeah
1: it is about half the throne room scene i was expecting i will say that i mean in the book he just has more time to kind of lay it out and have it gradually be learned, you know? Right. I mean, I feel, cause he does, he, I mean, he, I guess he kills Eris in the chapter. You see him like have that be done, but it's not quite to the level of detail. I expect it to be filled in more later, especially if he does in the books, confess it to Brienne the way that uh he did you know, a little later on in the That's show. The impression I got that there, there, yeah. a part two or three to that. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely awesome to see. And I mean, just the idea this concept that the innkeeper in air quotes, the innkeeper um, told them which direction or which road would be better and that they couldn't go by water, et cetera. Just this notion that he could be setting up for a trap or more than likely is setting them up for a trap based on the horses and all that stuff is pretty like fascinating to me because in this day and age, you just don't expect to be misled like you stop at a gas station, you (laughs) ask for directions. They're not gonna like, you know, you fill up your car. They're not gonna tell you to take like the wrong road so that you just see that you get ambushed by like friends of theirs. You know, um, unless unless you're somewhere, yeah, unless it's a scary movie or you're way in the deep south or like the far west. I I feel like uh, that kind of thing doesn't happen now. And but these characters are so astute and they're so ready for that to happen. Maybe that's Jamie. Being smart, maybe that's Brienne, but that's just kind of the world that they live in, is that they have to constantly wonder if the information that they got is gonna be accurate. Yeah,
0: and it's it's all this war. I don't I don't know that it's necessarily Westeros. It's just the fact that they're they can't trust anyone because right. there's this war going on and everyone's out for themselves. There's not a there's like a, a tiny scrap of land somewhere in this chapter where Jamie's like, this is a place that the war hasn't touched. And it's just it just happens to be the middle of the wilderness, and there's no dead bodies around. That's the definition of the war not having touched the place. It's like, ah, I don't see any corpses here, so this is a peaceful (laughs) land. But then, then that's literally the line. That's the bar that they're they're having to exceed at this point. So the fact that there's so much war going on, yeah, of course they're they're going to have to be really naturally suspicious of people because everyone's out to basically Mm. loot and make money and stay stay alive. And that's not necessarily where we're at in um, modern day America, anyway. Not yet. And,
2: and I think we got a bit of this in the last chapter too, and we saw it in the show as well. But even when they're talking with the innkeep or the supposed innkeep, right? Because mm-hmm. Brienne points out he was no innkeep. That's oh, yeah. my Brienne voice. I'm practicing for Halloween. That sounds um, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Can't mm-hmm. wait till you dress up as Brienne. Uh, yeah, the that'll fact be awesome. that <laughs> there's really no difference, right, in terms of how he sees it between lion or wolf or or fish right they're all the same you know and and they're afraid of any of them really you know and and because i think you know as as fans of the starks right we tend to look at them as being good and i know we've had this discussion before but it's all really so subjective mm-hmm. because they're all out there in one way or another looking to kill each other and, and looking to even take advantage of others along the way. And I think that we're reminded of that over and over and over again, especially in uh, in Jamie's story here.
1: Notice how brilliantly Jamie dodges the question. I mean, they open the door to the end, they get a crossbow in the face, and this oh, yeah. boy says, Lion, fish, or wolf. And Jamie just smiles or grins his toothy grin and says, we were hoping for Capon. <laughs> you know? Uh, actually he dodges the question so brilliantly. Well. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. Um, these, these chapters are always a joy to read because of that.
0: And it's not like they could hide the fact that their boat had Tully colors on it. It was, right? it was an, it was an interesting question because the innkeep who's not an innkeep points it out. He's like, I see your boat's got Tully colors on it. And Brian's like, yeah, we came, we came from river Run. like mm-hmm. that's, they can see with their own eyes, the most likely affiliation of these people, but they still ask the question. It's
1: lucky that, uh, Oh, they could have killed somebody though. Here's the good thing is, cause if that doesn't work out in their favor, if whoever hates the Tully's is like guarding this in, they could just say, Oh, we killed some Tully men, you know, and, and took their boat. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of how that works in such a cool way. So, I think though it's a good thing that the Tullys, at least to me, seem like the Goldilocks of the houses. <laughs> like they're just right. I, I like, would
2: think it'd be somewhat dangerous to still be going down the river on a boat with the Tully sigil on it, especially as you move closer and closer to King's Landing in areas where yeah. it's been known that. The mountain and others are, are raping and pillaging
1: yeah that's a fair point i mean should they have stripped the paint from their sails or gotten new mm. sails no I I, know, it doesn't matter now journey.
2: i mean they're not using the boat now. yeah
1: yeah the boat's gone right but listen they got horse
3: steak they got stale oat cakes hard bread they got <laughs> onions cooked in, in horse steak grease i mean you can't ask for much i can't wait stuff. till i get the they game of thrones right. cookbook
1: for Christmas. I'm literally this. holding it right now. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Do they have stale, stale oat bread in the uh, Game of Thrones cookbook? Is it I like don't know. bake oat bread, break, bake oat bread, wait three weeks in open air? Yeah, I don't and know. you get what, what Jamie was having. I just thumb through it and see.
2: Did you, uh, did you guys pick up also in the, there's one part where, uh, Jamie says that Brienne reminds him of Tyrion?
1: Yes. Yeah. She's a
0: pretty high compliment.
1: Very high compliment,
0: yeah. I
3: mean, in Jamie's eyes especially, because I mean, we know how he feels about not only his brother, but also Tyrion as an individual. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that in this case, what he was sort of sneering about, uh, if we could squeeze the good connotation out of it, which is much more pleasant to talk about. Uh, I think that he's saying that she is not comfortable in her own skin in a way that Tyrion is, you know, unfortunately this. In her mind, she's unfortunately this and, and would rather be this and maybe he would rather be this. I'm being vague, but I think I think we all understand uh, where this is leading. They are good people that are sort of being, I don't want to say punished, but are definitely not being treated as good as other people because of what they are. And they have both decided to say screw it and not let that slow them down. So... That's cool.
0: There's this wonderful flashback for Jamie when he's remembering why he joined the Kingsguard in the first place. Because mm-hmm. they, they mentioned several times during the chapter that he was the youngest Kingsguard to ever take the the cloak. Um, he was 15 when he said mm-hmm. his vows, which is crazy. Yes. When yeah. you think about it, a 15 year old kid getting sworn to be one of the <laughs> most elite protectors oh, in yeah. the land. But the reason that he did it was because Cersei convinced him with her womanly ways uh to to give up on his holdings Bone down on him. To bone down. Yeah. She was <laughs> he came to visit her and and he he was like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? She's like, you should come here and live in King's Landing because I'm stuck here having to find suitors and I don't want to be here by myself because there's nobody to bone me. Yeah. And he's like, well, I am kind of am the heir to Casterly Rock, so I think I'm gonna go. She's like, no, Cause then you could you could take the the white and then you could just be next to me forever and we could bone all the time. And he was like, hmm. And she's like, let me convince you later. And then they meet up and have sex all night long. And he wakes up and he's like, This is a great idea. I'm 15. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he joins uh the King's Guard and Tywin is so pissed off that he immediately resigns being the hand of the king. Right. And and just goes back to Castor Rock and brings Cersei with him. And David's yeah. like, what? Think about that, How about now?
1: Cersei had a great line, is it a rock you want or me? Which should not be overlooked because I think that's pretty brilliant. But uh, the fact that Tywin foils their plans again raises the question for me of like, how much does Tywin know?
2: Tywin knows. I mean, I don't think Tywin is a stupid man by any stretch. And I, I, I liked how the TV show painted it such that he was blinded by his own family honor in in Mm. thinking that there's no way that this could be possible he was but i also know that for as good as tywin was in battle he was an even better tactician and i there's no way with the amount of people that he had feeding him information that he didn't know that this was going on
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm.
2: that's my personal belief
0: and then this is jamie's life from then on and tywin gives him shit later on in life he's like well you're I, I, you're not going to be the heir to Casterly Rock. So, like, you know, you're kind of not even my son. And so, (laughs) like, it's, it's, it's kind of fucked up that, that Jamie did this because he wanted, he was so in love with his sister. Uh, that he wanted to be, just be near her.
2: But the alternate option was Lysa Aaron. I mean, yeah, yeah. he really but, dodged the yeah, bullet there. Yeah, I mean, he did but dodge she was
0: bullet. actually not good looking. She was hot back yeah. then. Yeah, she was, she was She's pretty good looking. She was, she was right up there with Kat. They were both yeah. young and attractive. So it was not for dread of Lysa Aaron that he did this. It was mm. definitely because he was, he was pretty sweet on, on Cersei and he didn't want to be without her. Yeah. But that's why he made the decision to be. Without husband or lands, without husband or Mm. wife or husband, you know, (laughs) or any um, of it, without spouse or lands or titles, just he gave up an entire future, children, everything else that he should have been entitled to because he wanted to continue sleeping with his sister. That's how powerful her vagina is. Wow, like it's amazing.
1: It's
3: a good spare purse, I'd have to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's coming in the next chapter. <laughs>
1: oh man. Oh man. <laughs>
2: how about also um you know, in, in talking a little bit about the history of Westeros, this this is more backstory than anything else, and it was not something that I remembered, but um as Jamie's recounting everything that's going on, we learn how Sir Illan Payne lost his tongue.
0: Yeah. Basically by
2: saying Tywin's right. the man, heiress. <laughs> He rules the Seven Kingdoms, not you.
0: I don't know if he said it to Eris. It sounded like he was more like saying it in a pub. He was like, yeah, you know yeah. what? Who actually rules is the king's hand. Yeah, she's careful.
3: Sir Illum Where Pan's do you tone, say
1: those things?
3: Torn out just for boasting that it was the hand who truly ruled the Seven Kingdoms.
1: Doesn't it suck to not have free speech, guys?
0: Well, I mean, I think Eris was just crazy. <laughs> I think, because yeah. there's that, <laughs> that saying in the first book where they're like, the the king eats and the hand takes the shit so i think that's that's a saying now that's saying like well the, the hand actually deals with all of the the serious business uh, yeah. and the king just gets to piss off and have fun so it's uh. not it's not an uncommon way of thinking apparently and it has passed down through the generations of of kings that we've seen in in the seven kingdoms it's just that eris was nuts so he he mm. took a rather severe approach.
3: Do you guys think that Tywin really left just because Jamie and Cersei went behind his back and submitted him, and he was accepted, and all of that great gallantry? Do you think he was that pissed off?
0: No, I think he was pissed off that his chosen son, his golden handsome son, was not going to be the one to inherit Casterly Rock and give him son, uh, grandsons. Right. I think. Yeah. I think that's I what agree. made him angry. That's that's his whole thing, right? Is Tywin's obsession with family. I don't think it had anything to do necessarily with Jamie and Cersei sleeping together, certainly not directly.
3: Do you think that possibly he saw that as a pretty nice opportunity to resign and, and make it seem like it was for this emotion and, and what's going on with his kids? Um, and maybe he saw the oncoming threat. Maybe he had an idea that there was unrest and that discord would eventually lead people to the capital.
0: But like Micah was just saying, if if nothing else, Tywin is an incredible tactician, exactly, and very well informed. So yeah. I would. So we got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah.
3: So I was thinking when I read it, I just didn't think that Tywin. When it, when 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 it said that Tywin, the book literally said, left King's just resigned being hand of the king because <laughs> of this. I was like, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. that's true.
0: Major bullshit.
3: He did not just resign. I'm out of here. I'm just going home. Like- right,
0: especially with how much. Power being the hand confers onto him it, that must have been quite a sacrifice.
3: Yeah, interesting and brave of him to do because the Mad King could have responded in any way. So yeah. I'm interested to know the exact setup of what happened there. But I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They both shit when they died. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice that uh, that similarity before. But you're in, that's, uh, that's
0: totally right. Yeah, his his recollection of killing Eris. Is is pretty funny
1: mm-hmm.
0: actually. He comes in and he's got his bloody sword and Eris asks him who the blood belongs to and he's like, It's your hand. It's the hand of the <laughs> king. I just killed him and <laughs> I'm here to kill you. And Ares like literally starts screaming and pooping. Yeah. At the same time with And
3: running.
1: Shit
0: sprint. And running, running, running up to the throne, which <laughs> is not a, a shit sprints <laughs> shit sprinting all it's
2: over like King's that scene, Landing. Have you guys ever seen Dumb and Dumber? Oh yeah.
1: With when, when, what, when Harry met Lloyd, the prequel. There's yeah. shit
3: everywhere,
1: <laughs> all over the wall. No, I I am proud We'll to share say that, that with you guys later. But you know how Jamie has the, his word for Brienne that she doesn't like wench. Well, she, Jamie doesn't like it when she calls him Kingslayer. Right. Um, and leading into this backstory of you know King Eris, she does, or actually he calls he says they're both Kingslayers. And that's kind of an interesting character moment there because he's blaming, uh, Brienne obviously for the death of Renly and she blames a shadow. And he says, Oh, how rich to be able to blame a shadow. Like, what if I had just blamed a shadow? Right. Why did they have to see me killing the king? It's, it's really an interesting interplay between them both. And I was reading it and just thinking, Oh, yeah, wow. I guess a lot of people or there are people who do think that Brienne killed Renly.
0: I don't, yeah. I don't even know if Jamie necessarily believes that she actually did it. But he yeah. is in that moment trying very hard to piss her off. Oh yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Oh yeah. So
0: I think he's just saying whatever he can to get a rise out of her. He wanted that Gets dagger. To her. Remember he wanted yeah. to stab her with that dagger. He yeah. Was like ready he wanted her to-, to get close so he could snatch her weapons. And-
2: but this is really one of those chapters for Jamie now that were you know, being able to see from his perspective, people's perspectives, readers' perspectives really start to change about him because I think you know he puts it best early on when he's talking to Brienne, where he says, don't presume to judge what you don't understand. And as he begins to tell the story and you begin to learn the truth and there's, you know, the whole backstory, which we've already discussed about, you know, him wanting to be with Cersei. Uh, it, I think you start to understand him a little bit better than you did before. And Brienne constantly coming across to him as as being this nag basically always calling him the kingslayer even when he apologizes from time to time to her calls her by her first name she still refers to him as kingslayer Mm -hmm. and i think that that's not fair well no not that it's not fair but the more that you learn about jamie's past and what really happened i think the more he becomes a character that people can actually feel some sort of empathy for
3: yeah, it's certainly an interesting way to get to know a character this deep into the, I mean, we're in the third book right now, and he's been around since the first royal visit to Winterfell back in book yeah. one. So it's interesting to, I mean, we. I think we could have all drawn conclusions, just like we do on many characters that aren't point of view of, of what kind of people they are, the ins and outs of their psyche. But um, with Jamie being mm-hmm. captured and being in chains, there's not many there's not many opportunities for us to get to know him outside of his just making fun of Brienne and and sounding like a fool. So this was a really great way that, that George integrated things that we care about, but also uh, a way for us to get to know this character in such a really strong way. So that, that was just really brilliant. I thought weaving it in with things like mentioning Ned Stark and, you know, walking into the throne room, things like that. I just, I just, I think it was just, um, a really smart way to make Jamie change for so many of us.
1: And I'm sure that Jamie had killed before he got to the throne room. I mean, you know, years and years of training and that's all that. But he does say that he has this remarkable insight. A King should die harder than this Um, because he remarks that killing Eris was easy. It was a single slash across the throat. He was dead. He was already lost all of his dignity, you know, running around shit staining everything. So, it's just an interesting insight because in the moments immediately after Eris's death, the, just seeing step by step what goes through Jamie's mind and, and his actions, um, Roland Craycall comes in and, and says, who, you know, should we proclaim a new king? What's, what's going on? And Jamie doesn't actually tell them, cause there's a choice. He can just say, oh yeah, so and so is a new king. He, he doesn't actually tell them. He says, proclaim who you like, proclaim who you bloody well like, he told Craycall. But then he has that moment where he sits the Iron Throne anyway. So he ba- – like, he want- – and that's, of course, when Ned – we've learned this, I remember from the show, Ned talking about coming and finding Jamie on the throne and, like, feeling like he's, like, a smartass or something and it, like, kicks him off of it. Um, but Jaime is just having a Like, he's just having, like, this is hard – like thinking about what he's just done we know that it wasn't exactly for the same reasons that ned interpreted when ned eventually bursts into the throne room and pulls him off of it i'd love to sit here and talk about how misunderstood this man
3: is but at the end of the day jamie's misunderstandings are 100 percent to blame for his outward actions and the way he interacts with people i think that we learned from the television show that he's humbled in a lot of ways once he is once his hand is removed and you know, maybe in his case, it took some trauma to firmly deflate his head a bit and plant it squarely on his shoulders. But you can't blame Ned for thinking, from what he knew of Jaime Lannister up until that point, he looked at the throne and he saw Jaime, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And like you said, in Jaime's mind, there was so much weight that was happening just before. He had only, this, all of this was going on and it's such a big deal to someone that really shouldn't have even, even been in this. Position that was regrettably continuing to stay in this position because his plan, the entire reason that he did it, was pulled out underneath him immediately. So yeah, this was this was a very informative chapter.
2: Yeah, and the and the line at the end, you know, tying back to what he said to Brienne that Ned had no right to judge him, and you know we don't we don't necessarily know fully why that is until later on when we learn what we learned in the show. Um, but there was one other thing I just wanted to bring up, which was as it related to the Kingsguard, it says that Jamie had been Lord Tywin's son long before he had been named to the Kingsguard. And I just wondered, do you think that that's a trend? Because obviously everybody who's in the Kingsguard that we know of has family. Do you think their loyalty at the end of the day, is going to lie more with their family as opposed to their their sworn brothers and protecting them. Once they've taken the oath? King. Yeah.
1: It's no. kind of like the Night's Watch in this a way. It's making
2: me think of the next chapter, too.
1: <laughs> it is like the Night's Watch, but it's also different in a really fundamental way, which is I think that you have a you're. It's, I believe it's totally your choice to join the Kingsguard. Um, the Wall is kind of like, okay, you were caught stealing a ton of food, you were caught killing this guy, go to the Wall, and you get to live.
0: Or you're Jon Snow.
1: Right. Or you're Jon Snow. Go to the wall. But I, I feel like the Kingsguard is like, no, you, you're actually vowing. Like, it's a different, it's, it's, the, it's the same honor. vow. The vow is the same, but it's something that I don't think people are forced to protect. The, I feel like it would be bad policy if people who didn't want to be in the Kings didn't want to forsake their family. With Jamie, it's like, because he's he's kind of, I don't know if he's holier than thou, but like he went into it for like, he was, Jamie was able to go into the Kingsguard for selfish reasons. Which, which is like, it's, it's like a selfless job position, but he was able to do it so that he could stay in the, in the city, obviously. Mm. Um, so that, that's why I think, and ultimately because he went into it for romance, which is not something anybody else really does in the Kingsguard. Mm. Um, that's why he was able to side more with his family at the end of the day.
3: Well, how do we do this? How do we go? Oh, Damien.
1: How do we go to your brother now? I guess that's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you say it in that
0: accent. <laughs>
1: I, was just, I was just from thinking. one Lannister to
0: the other. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: What a what a what a weekend we uh we partied on Tarth.
0: Brother to brother. Brother.
3: Bone down, brother. Yeah,
0: this is the bone down chapter.
3: Oh God, guys, this,
0: there was some uncomfortable bone down. When
3: did this happen? Right? I mean, yeah. there's been. And I'm not scared of of. Love making, by all means listen to our bonus episode this month that'll be coming out next week oh my right remember that stuff yeah. but there was it was it was a big graphic right
0: yeah there's a there's a lot of stiffening
1: <laughs> excessive. <laughs>
0: excessive
3: it's Varys' bed
1: it's varus's bed is yeah. like rock right so stiff yeah.
0: well yeah that's one of the stiff things that's in this chapter I don't have a lot to say about this chapter, except that Varys is interesting. He's such an interesting character. He's quite different in this chapter from the portrayal of Varys that we see on the show. He's uh, like when the this chapter begins.
3: Just read it. Do it. I'm
0: going to do it. The eunuch was humming tunelessly it. to himself as he came through the door, dressed in flowing robes of peach colored silk and smelling of lemons. Mm. When he <laughs> When he saw Tyrion seated by the hearth, he stopped and grew very still. My lord Tyrion came out in a squeak, punctuated by a nervous giggle. That whole <laughs> sentence, that right there, that's not the Varys that I know. He's surprised, clearly, by Tyrion, but like... My Lord Tyrion. <laughs> that's not the Varus. It's like this goofy dude. It's like um, right. Herman or something. The, rest, the rest of the rest right, of the of the yeah. Varus exchange in this is pretty good.
1: I guess in the show it's more snake oil salesman, right? Like, oh my Lord Tyrion. Exactly. How's it going?
0: He would be like taken aback, but there probably would be no nervous giggling. I can't I can't remember a single time when we saw Varus giggle. But anyway, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Varys is interesting in this chapter because he is clearly giving Tyrion as much information as Tyrion is giving to him, which is I think an, uh, a strange position for Varys to put himself in, considering Tyrion is not cool anybody anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's not mm-hmm. he's not going to be passing any laws or or getting a lot of information that that uh, Varys would find useful. But it's some kind of loyalty or friendship, I suppose, that Varys feels that he has with Tyrion, or he has faith that. Tyrion's power will be restored at some point,
3: or he's really spying for Taiwan. He's
0: really spying hard for Taiwan. Spy hard. He's getting uh, this info from Tyrion. I'm sure that the stuff about Shay still being somebody that, that he wants to hook up with, like that's not a great thing for Varys to know. <laughs> um, and but Tyrion is also he's betraying how much he doesn't know, which is very informative for Varys. And uh, Varys is kind of feeding him whatever he he feels like. So it's it's a it's an interesting exchange when you read it with that kind of tension between the two of them, when you read it from the perspective of Lord Varys trying to extrapolate as much information as he can out of Tyrion as much as Tyrion is him. It's it's a fun, it's a fun dynamic.
1: You know, it's it's funny for me that um, just before Varys does arrive back at, I guess, his quarters, Tyrion was actually not trashing the place, but like scouring the place for Varys' intel and for secret passages. I just thought that was like a really cool way for Tyrion to spend his time. And he's convinced that Varys has these passages. But mm-hmm. for however long he was looking, he couldn't find them. And it's, it's, it's cool for Varys to just bed, be able to leave his room like this and not worry about people you know, finding anything. I don't know. It's like he keeps the secrets all in his head or something. Smart guy. But, uh, guy. Yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. And you just see how, I mean, Tyrion, in the meantime, is getting ignored by people. He's he's still on the mend. He has this huge scab where his nose used to be. You know, it's they're, they're on completely different levels, and yet they do, as you said, Kate, they um, exchange information. They have
2: a little bromance. A like little equals.
1: Bit. Well, it's like – I know we know this. It's like spelled out more in the show, but knowing that, that Varys does um, – want good things for Tyrion or believes that Tyrion is good for the kingdom.
2: Maybe bromance is not, that's more him and Bronn, but I think there's mutual respect between the two of them. And I think Varys has a very deep appreciation for what Tyrion did during his time as Hand of the King. And I think that that is what continues to work in Tyrion's favor. I don't know that Varys will give Tyrion any more information than he needs to know at certain times, but... Just the initial conversation that he has with him, us learning that Pycelle is being restored. Yeah, um, things uh-huh. are going backwards very quickly for Tyrion. Of course, we remember that he chopped off his beard and and sent him to the Black Cells um, in in a Clash of Kings. And part of the reason why I brought up what I did earlier about the Kingsguard is because there's there's a brief conversation, part of the conversation between. Tyrion and Varys about the King's Guard. And, you know, Sir Barristan gets mentioned, Sir Mandon Moore. Um, and, and I think that it ties in a little bit with what I was saying earlier in terms of is there 100% loyalty to the crown or do, are we going to see more people, have we seen in this case, those people decide to disobey what they're supposed to be doing? for some other greater good.
3: I picked up what you were saying earlier. I was thinking about how it sort of felt like not exactly, but Supreme Court justices where their their political party really shouldn't matter because they're supposed to be just abiding by the strictures of what the system is and their mm-hmm. entire job is about being this this voice of a of a document that is not partisan. And that's kind of the same thing here. Their their job is very clear and their guidelines are very clear and their past is very whatever. But um, in this case, we've got Barriston making a comment about someone, Sir Moore, that did not have anyone or anything around him at the capital that would allow him to be attached to anything. And the only guess here was, possibly, did he have a strong allegiance to where he was from? And in this case, Varys is basically just trying to give Tyrion a few more options in his chase for who set the person upon him during the battle to kill him.
2: Right. And and I guess you could argue the point well Cersei is the crown. So if Ser Moore is following her orders, even if it is to kill her own brother, I guess he is doing his duty because it's in the best interest, quote unquote, of the king.
0: Is that really what the King's Guard does though? Aren't they just right. supposed to defend the king?
2: Right. And you could argue that, but I think that, you know, the King's Guard has become a bit of a mockery ever since you know the incident with jamie and and the mad King mm-hmm. I think we've seen a lot of people come and go through the king's guard. the hound is another example, and those that will join the king's guard moving forward as vacancies become available right. uh, <laughs> you know they're they're not these proud knights they're these kind of i wouldn't even want to taint the term hedge knight by. But but they're just they're not of the same caliber. They're not of the same quality. They don't have that same integrity.
3: They may have skills, but yeah, their integrity is just I think it has a lot to do with who's who's king at the moment,
1: honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah. they have skills, but Cersei's purse is paying the bills.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well and we see it Which with one? the <laughs> Yeah. We see it with the reappointment of Pisel to the council, is that uh, they don't want the the other guy from Highgarden um to do it. And it's fa- in fact Tywin. Um, more so than Cersei, Varys tells uh, Tyrion that Tywin quickly correct the issue because they want, so they, they want more Lannister men, uh, to, to, they want people who are loyal to them and none of these damn, enough of these Tyrells and enough of these High Gardens and enough of these people who aren't Lannister in the court and things. So I think that following Blackwater too, where everybody who performed well gets a knightship and a lordship and this, that, the other thing. Like they, they're just beginning to staff it because they're feeling a little caged and they're feeling a little vulnerable. So they're staffing the Kingsguard with people who are not necessarily the, I don't know, the best in battle or the most prestigious, as Micah was saying, but just people who they know they can count on. And then you've got the Kettle Blacks and a particular Kettle Black. How cool is that? Varys is like, you know they're following you and reporting back, right? Yeah. And Tyrion was like, I just saw them today. What? We had a drink outside. They were like, yeah. hey, how are you healing up, buddy? What the hell? I thought they were just nice guys. Yeah, they're not. <laughs>
3: they're not. just
1: nice guys. They were just Yeah, one gross. of them is
3: really trying to bang your sister. Probably all three of them. But one of them definitely <laughs> thinks he has a chance to bang your sister. And that's the guy you got to look out for.
2: Oh, man. Right? Yes. And we've got the Knight of Flowers, too, who's now Kingsguard. Well, he's pretty good.
0: Or you
3: yeah, gonna
0: it? It? <laughs> uh, He asks, we've been making references to this, so I just wanted to read the quote. But he asks Varys, Tyrion asks Varys if he might be able to buy back the Kettle Black's loyalty. <laughs> and Varys says a few things. And then he says, you can match the queen coin for coin, I have no doubt. But she has a second purse that is quite inexhaustible. <laughs> the purse <laughs> is her vagina.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, which is like, she uses that thing a lot. I mean, maybe that's just the that's the way it is in in Game of Thrones, and and you know, sex is something that's a, that's definitely a currency. Um, but Cersei, especially, she has she has used at least the the whisper of sex to get her way in a lot of different areas. Even in these last two chapters, we can't go two chapters two chapters in a row where we're hearing about Cersei flinging her cat at people.
3: Yeah, get out of here. Wow.
0: <laughs> Sir
2: Pounce, come back.
3: No.
0: <laughs> right. Sir name for her vagina. Sir Pounce. <laughs> wow,
3: that's more of a command, not even a name. Sir Pounce. Yeah. <laughs> Sir. Uh, yeah. But oh, things are really
2: things really are reversing for Tyrion, right? Because we left him. You know, he obviously he had a major fall from grace at at the end of uh yeah. Clash of Kings, but. Now we're seeing not just the the physical side of what he went through and, and you know the injuries that he suffered, but you know the, the chapter starting out and like I said, Grandmeister Pysel coming back and learning that all these people that he's wronged are now getting back some level of power. The mention of Janos Slint's sons would gladly inform upon him for him sending you know Janos to the wall. Um, you know the Baelish has friends in half the brothels that would that would spy on him, and that even Varys, you know, has to report on him in some way to Tywin. Right. Um, and that's not even counting Cersei's um, spies, the Kettle Blacks, and and who knows who else. So Tyrion is re- really just—I mean—he's in a tough spot.
3: Yeah, and this brings me Micah to uh, a thought that I had while reading this, and I understand that he is fresh from a lot of trauma. But with all of these things we've just discussed, the next thing you may be wondering, what could possibly happen now that Tyrion has learned so much more and and that they've exchanged this conversation? Surely he's going to get back to work because that's the Tyrion we've come to know over the past two books, especially in the last one. Mm -hmm. He asked Varys, uh, when's the next time he can arrange a play date
1: with Shay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) A play date.
0: (laughs) But I think his play date, he was like, he was intending to tell her. Yo, you gotta leave, and he tries to, but he can't resist again. I guess that's the true. The womanly wiles. He, I think, he wanted to tell her in person. Like, I have to send you away. You're not safe here, right? Because his father's gonna hang her if he finds out that she exists. But instead, she's she's like, "Oh my lord, lion. I, well, would, yeah, pe- I would like to writhe erotically around on this hard bed." People
1: said that she was. More like stone in the books. People said that. Um, but I don't see it. I feel like even in the book you get, it packs an emotional wallop where she, you, she, you feel like she really likes him a oh, lot.
3: that's exactly the opposite of what I felt. I just feel like I see through her completely, and I'm just Oh, like, really? She, I'm just disappointed she, in him the whole time. She yeah, just period. wants to be in Come King's on, Landing. Buddy.
0: She wants to be in King's Landing, and she so wants obvious, to wear yeah. fancy dresses and cool jewelry. Can
1: you get my gold and yeah, jewels like back? A, literally the, the first thing over? she asks him. Oh yeah. I've fallen for it, guys. I've for the woman, womanly wiles. <laughs> yeah. buddy. Jeez. So you're saying it's obvious in the book, then, in this chapter. I was mad at Tyrion because of how just blaringly,
3: painfully obvious it was.
0: Nobody's being nice to him, though. Put put yourself in that situation. Your face is all fucked up. Everybody (laughs) mistrusts you. Some people just straight up want to kill you. And there's a pretty lady who is going to, like... Suck your dick and tell you that you're awesome. Like of And course- and
1: call you a giant, my giant of Lannister. Yeah. I understand Jesus. all
3: of that, but it goes back to my point before. Like I, just I, feel for I, him, I get yeah. that he's got lots coming to him due to what he's been through. And we uh, you know he deserves a certain amount of sympathy, but at the same time, he was playing with fire. He was the hand of the king last time, and he made some ballsy decisions, and he also helped save the kingdom and his entire mm-hmm. family. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But yep. but now is not the time. I mean, I understand uh, absolutely about sending Shay off and him needing a face-to-face for that, but I felt like the way he set this up was he he said, I want to see her one last time before I tell her to leave. So Mm -hmm. I I guess it all just kind of conveniently worked out, but uh, he should know better. I, I just think that the Tyrion we've come to know, especially with his history and what he's been through already, should probably be a little bit more vigilant when it comes to his relationships with prostitutes.
0: Yeah. Well, if there's one thing that we know, it's that Tyrion isn't terribly careful when it comes to matters of the heart.
3: Yeah, he's he's had is. a little
0: bit of a history with with prostitutes and falling for them for some reason. That's just his thing. So he's less guarded around Shay than he should be. Um, I don't think he takes his father terribly seriously, or maybe he does and he tries to send her away. But then he's like, Ah, my father can't actually do anything to her or whatever. I don't know. It's he's he's all messed up in the head. It's probably got a concussion. We don't know.
3: You <laughs> can't smell anything anymore. So.
0: Yeah. Smell danger. Can't do it.
3: Can't do it. Um,
0: so, yeah. So, the rest of this chapter is just mostly uh, X-rated. Pretty good mm-hmm. banging. Yeah. It's It seems pretty good. But she, uh, he eventually, he's like, I can't give you your silks back. She's like, well, maybe I can go to the wedding. He's like, you can't go to the wedding. She's like, I can go to the wedding. I can hide. And nobody will notice. So, like, they're going to notice. <laughs> and so, they they talk about this for a while. And then, eventually, she's like, okay, I accept everything you're saying but I'm going to stay in King's Landing. And he's like, cool, immediately. It's just like the the one thing that he wanted to set out and tell her that she couldn't do, she talked him into being able to do. And then I need you guys to jog my memory on something because it's been a while since I've read those first two books. He hears her talking about Simon Silvertongue, Mm -hmm. this this singer that she's befriended and how he's Mm -hmm. told her all about the wedding and all the stuff and he's been hired to play in the wedding. And apparently this sets off some alarms because he goes and finds Braun after their rendezvous and he's like, Bron, you need rendezvous. to find yeah." They're... Sorry. <laughs> so then he has a rendezvous after their rendezvous, <laughs> and he says, Bron, I need you to go find Simon Silvertongue." But it, he he contemplates saying, "Kill him," because he's probably jealous or whatever. But instead, what he says is, "Just find it before anybody else does." But I can't remember why he feels so worried about Simon. Is it because he uh, Simon knows Shay's actual identity?
1: I, yeah, I feel like it's it should be jealousy, but I feel like it's also um, that he could identify Shay. It's Bolt. When they went to that brothel, if you remember um, when he was like, I think
3: there was ay uh, ya yeah, yay yeah, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, Simon was playing <laughs> some, yeah, 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 some yeah, music, yeah. and Tyrion was like, who's that guy? And, and they were like, "Oh, that's Simon Tongue," And he was like, oh, fuck that dude. Chase <laughs> here. And, uh, and also, they probably know who each other are.
2: Yeah, so. and I would say that probably doesn't bode too well for Mr. Silverton. <laughs> you
3: mess with the lion, you get the mane. You know, Claw. before
1: Shay, before Shay and Tyrion uh, separate, she does tell him where various where Varys uh, hides the secret steps. Where he hides his various secret steps.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that he hides the steps. I
1: think <laughs> the, the steps <laughs> are hidden. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Enough. No, no. Tyrion's going around the room right after sex, and and she's just watching him. He's like pounding on walls, and he's like, I know they're here somewhere, and she tells him. That they're, they're under the bed. Yeah. And that he cast a, a magic spell to make it. Uh, yeah, he's a magician. Drift, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: But it's clear Tyrion has a way, or sorry, Varys has a way of getting around um, the castle and knowing things that he shouldn't know. And I think that this idea that there are these secret passageways shouldn't be of any surprise. He's uh, got a marauder, That's what it is. He does. <laughs> yes. And And uh, even earlier on in the chapter, um, Tyrion is somewhat. Surprised, even though he shouldn't be, to know that, um Varys has little birds in the in the Citadel. You know, right. all the way in Old Town, he Sheen has everywhere. people who <laughs> who are reporting back to him. So Varys is a uh, very very much a power player.
0: Let me read you guys one passage uh, here because I have a question. It's between Varys and Tyrion. Um, Tyrion is like, "I need you to go get Shay." Tyrion he says. Uh, Varys is like, "But where? There's no safe place." There is, Tyrion grinned, here. It's time to put that rock-hard bed of yours to better use, I think. (laughs) The eunuch's mouth opened. Then he giggled. Lala's tires easily these days. She is great with child. I imagine she will be safely asleep by moonrise. Tyrion hopped down from the chair. Moonrise, then, see that you lay in some wine and two clean cups. Varys bowed. It shall be as my lord commands. Why in the hell does Varys do anything that Tyrion tells him to do?
3: Because he was the uh,
1: hand of the king. Last he
0: was yes was is is the key word there. Like Var- Tyrion has no power.
1: His sister is the queen. Sure. The, even even though he knows that they're not on good terms, I feel like you just don't fuck with the royal family.
0: I mean, Tyrion can't get anybody of power to do anything for him. Yeah, at this that's point.
1: true. Well, okay, it's be, it's be, in my opinion, it's because Varys just likes Tyrion all that much. Yeah. Like. I, agree. I mean that's that's really and he knows that Varys is sneaking through the castle and going through these hidden passages that he can't even find. Sure. After hours, so he's like, "Why don't you get Shay?" And he knows that that's something that Varys can accomplish. Sure. Um, deftly,
0: he literally he just told Varys like, "I'm gonna fuck a girl on your bed."
1: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and Varys <laughs> right. is like, "Cool, cups, clean like, ones."
0: He's fine with it. It's
2: like that hasn't happened <laughs> ever, maybe ever, yeah, ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Jeez. and. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing to allow Tyrion to not only use Varys' abilities to get his prostitute in there, but he's oh like, yeah. yeah, you can bone her here, that's
2: cool. But, but what's Tyrion gonna do? Dad, Varys won't let me fuck the whore on his bed. Right.
1: Yeah, which yeah. whore? I need a hang whore. That one will do. I think it hinges on Varys liking Tyrion. You're, you're probably right.
3: I think that it hinges on Varys not wanting to ruin any of the progress he's made over the course of his long life. Like, why even risk a small tiff with someone, anyone? Mm -hmm. Not someone, even if he's not in the royal family, anyone. Why risk that for this? It's not like Tyrion's asking a lot out of him because if he Mm -hmm. fails at what he's doing, the whore is going to be who gets killed, not him. So it's just like, there's really no risk. The only thing that he's having to deal with is that Tyrion's going to squirm around in his bed for a little bit? So
0: I think, well, a little yeah, I, more than that. I think that um, the scene in the show, actually, to Eric's point about Varys liking Tyrion when he smuggles Tyrion out after Tyrion commits his deed, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and he he ha- he gives that look when they when the bells sound and and Varys turns around on the dock and he looks and he's like, oh boy, and he yep. just he pieces out. Clearly, he does like Tyrion. Oh, it has, has a vested interest in his success. So yeah, that actually makes some sense. It's just weird to think of Varys doing anything for love rather than yeah, money. Oh yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. Because he's he's had to, he exists on, I'll do this, what will you do for me?
0: Exactly, yeah. Which I, I suppose it's just is just like, I'll love, do you this though? favor and you're going to owe me one later on.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that anything
2: that Varys does... Ultimately helps to advance his own game. So I, I don't know if it's, there's any real emotion tied into it. Not to say that he doesn't like Tyrion, but no, it, it does take a lot for him to have not only did what you just mentioned, but also the fact that he waited while Tyrion went up to kill Tywin and Shay mm-hmm. and then d- didn't just bounce, you know, didn't just leave. He could have, he didn't have to see Tyrion off to safety. I, I'm sure Varys, being the smart man that he is, had a very good idea what Tyrion was up to. So yeah. I just... Uh, That's a good point. I think he's a man who looks to serve his own end mm. and nobody else's. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody else's. Maybe we'll find out one day. Yeah. Maybe we will. We can only hope. But until then, let us share our owns.
3: Shall we? Okay.
1: From yeah. Dos
2: Chapitras. Dos. <laughs>
0: I have one own for both chapters. Would you like to hear it?
3: Please.
1: Yes.
0: My own for both chapters goes to Cersei's vagina. Who may be the most, it might be the most powerful entity in the seven kingdoms.
1: (laughs) It might be.
3: It might be. Nicely done, Kate. Thank you. You don't disappoint. Mm -hmm. Everything you do
1: is great. How can you follow that? (laughs) Like Like this.
2: She just tied the two chapters together.
1: (laughs) I know. I know, it's a neat little fucking bow. Congratulations, Kate. That <laughs> no, was a box. Genius. It wasn't a
2: bow. <laughs> Thank
1: you. So, you don't know. Well, you Go close a box with a bow. Okay. So, so close uh, it. in the, in the Jamie chapter, uh, my own goes to the horse with one good eye that foils <laughs> Jamie's Moody. rescued. He, he actually gets on the horse. So the innkeeper says the horses aren't for sale, which is also should make you suspicious because he ends up, you know, buying, he ends up selling the horses. But uh, but Jamie even you know draws the short straw, gets the shitty horse, so he couldn't escape even if he at this point still wanted to. So even if uh Brienne weren't going the same direction that he would have gone, he can't really break from the pack because his horse sucks. So big own for that horse. And then Tyrion has been owned one too many times apparently by doves that are baked into cakes. <laughs> apparently this is mm. a thing. Oh yeah, and they Tyrion knows. Them. Tyrion knows to fear these these cakes that they make with, with live birds inside of them because apparently all they do is fly away but up to like the rafters of wherever they are and then shit all over yeah. Tyrion. So.
3: In the wine too. Big,
2: That's not big, big cool.
3: Big own to uh
1: to those doves.
2: You know, just as a side note, I have these seagulls. Where I park my car each day, and uh-huh. they literally shit on my car <laughs> all the time.
1: That must suck for you.
3: My own goes to Jamie and Brianne. I think that they were a partnership in this chapter. A partnership that maybe, not knowing, but did so shut down the hopes and dreams of Sir Cleos Frey. To rest horizontally on a feather bed. I just thought that it's teamwork in this case to shut this dude down and disappoint him. They did everything they can. Teamwork to decide makes the dream work. We shouldn't stay. So yes, teamwork makes the dream work. Remember it, folks. Mm-hmm. And also, my own for Tyrion's chapter goes to Shay. She conveniently. Destroyed him in many different ways. So mm-hmm. um, Shay, good good job at yeah. just talking around a lot of obstacles. You did a <laughs> you're, you're all right at everything that you do because it's working. Fairly. Okay, apparently for now, you go
2: girl. Yeah, my uh, my Jamie own goes to Jamie. Uh, you a little can't bit do that. of uh, I can, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know, I know. The little uh, lover's <laughs> quarrel that they had or the beginning of their, their long-lasting lover's quarrel, um, when he says to her, I earned my knighthood. Nothing was mm-hmm. given to me. I won a tourney melee yeah. at 13 when I was yet a squire. At 15, I rode with Sir Arthur Dane against the Kingswood Brotherhood, and he knighted me on the battlefield. It was yeah. the white cloak that soiled me, not the other way around. <laughs> so spare me your envy. It was the gods who neglected to give you a cock, not me.
1: Yeah. that's a good line.
2: And uh, now Tyrion. Hmm.
1: Here we go. What you got? Get it. I'm just going to give the
2: own to um, the hidden passageway under the bed. Okay. <laughs>
0: there you go. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Tyrion was looking
1: for it for hours, I assume. Or at least Maybe an points, hour. At the very least. Yeah. <laughs> at the very least, seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it owned Tyrion
2: and it, it it frustrated him. How is Varys going about the uh, that which is King's Landing? For yeah. the most part, he's sneaking around, man.
3: He is. he knows what he's doing. That's for he's got sure. Got tunnels and caves. He sure picked the
1: right room, right? He's like, I want that room. And they're moving in with all oh, those yeah. things to King. Le- I want that one with the secret passage under the
2: bed. Well, he's been there longer than they have. That's true. He's got some Targaryen swag to him. We have a just a swath of things from you guys. This was a uh, is
3: that a word? Swath? Is yes. That, okay, good. Yeah. Well, we have that of, uh, of of things that you guys. I'm talking about the listeners. Uh hi all of you at home that are listening right now we're talking to you that you've written in and we care to read them now so
1: so now We present to you, from our family to yours, the listener owns for this week. Simon Amundsen on Twitter says, My own for Jamie 2 goes to the ten times Jamie calls Brienne a wench in this chapter. Wow. (laughs) Simon went and counted. Okay. I counted like three and I stopped, Simon. I'm taking your word for it, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Wench count. (laughs) Ding! Ten. Okay.
0: Susan Stacy gives her own to um, Storm of Swords Chapter 11, Jamie 2. The Mad King owned Tywin. While Jamie was still parted from Cersei. Ah. A burn and a boomer.
3: True that story. That it is. That True it is. Yonathan Alexander says Jamie looking on the bright side of life, his witticisms is a definite own. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that was a breath of fresh air,
2: Yonatan. Ram Dent says Jamie too own goes to Jamie for his comeback. Quote Why is this one in irons? <laughs> Killed some crossbowmen. <laughs> <End
1: quote. laughs> you little kid. You kid. <laughs> that was this, you friggin' kid. I
0: like he tries to give him advice at the end. He's like, try like a mace or a hammer. <laughs> yeah, you're going yeah, yeah. to do a lot more damage. And the kid doesn't care. He's like, all yeah. right.
1: He's like, one bolt, mm. dude.
0: One bolt. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs>
1: Trouble tweeted at us. Cersei totally owned this chapter and Jamie, hashtag twin hashtag plotting and scheming hashtag since 14 hashtag she's a pro hashtag and a hoe thanks trouble trouble thank you trouble good.
0: not dan h uh his own goes to that lying ass slut shit no okay do you think do you do you, that lying ass Slut Shay or <laughs> oh, like, Is he calling her an ass slut I don't mm. know That lying ass Oh I get it Lying ass Lying well, ass is it. one concept That it lying ass
1: slut okay. This is why okay. the hyphen exists not, in English Not
0: Dan H says Goes to that Lying ass slut Shay Hashtag B Hashtag grudging <laughs> <rat> to <laughs> I You,
1: gotta, you gotta
3: censor that one The just B <laughs>
0: That's a B. <laughs> the B Oh
1: now I get it not Now Dan. that it's an abbreviation Okay
3: this one's from Aiden. He says, "Own for the innkeep who isn't an innkeep for robbing the wench, blind but still directing his counsel at her, not Jamie or Cleos."
0: Yeah, mm. so he knew. He knew who was in charge. He
3: did catch up on that, right? He picked yeah. on.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. And uh, Jeff Lightfoot says, "Own for Jamie." Chapter goes to Eris, who hated Tywin Lannister but shared a common final act. Dropping a dude. Yes! Yes! <laughs> this is the teacher.
0: This is the, the teacher? The social
3: studies chair. The this social is, studies teacher? Yeah. Yes! Um, yeah, Jeff, my foot!
1: You're a good man, Jeff. Yeah. Continue to exist. We'll be happy. <laughs> uh, and then we have some from Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Such as Mike Burns. This is that line again, guys. Kid with a crossbow. Why is that one in irons? Jamie killed a crossbowman. Jamie owns left and right even in shackles. He yes, he does, Mike Burns. Thank you for saying that. For left now, left, left and, and right. Oh, uh, left and right. Ra- oh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Rachel Jenkins says Jamie owned Robert's rebellion. This is Ooh. a really good point. Yeah, Robert he did, did kill Rhaegar, so that's that. Maybe, maybe that's Robert's rebellion to him. It's just like, well, like, he was mad at Rhaegar, so he's going to kill Rhaegar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he might have, he might have owned that. But Jamie did kill the king and get Ro- Robert of an empty throne to sit on. So it's a good Kept point. Warm. Rachel Jenkins. Huh.
3: Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. This one's from Teresa Kresge. She says, Tyrion always gets my own. Uh, okay, so, yeah, he he did do a little owning in That chapter. was easy. I'm trying <laughs> to catch up to your chapter and podcast, full-time student, mom, blah, blah, blah. Teresa,
1: thank you. Thank you. Keep, keep fighting thank the good you. fight, yeah, Teresa. Fight. When you hear this episode in six months, uh, yeah. just know that we liked your own.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Say
3: hi to us, because hopefully we're, you know, in six months, it's just... Yeah, just say hello.
2: Joey Warnell writes in to say, my own has to go to MuggleCast. Uh, Still getting shout-outs from Matthew (laughs) Berry at the Fantasy Football Podcast in the uh, 06010 zip zip code. code. Mm -hmm. Now let's get them to shout-out the Goo Podcast next. Micah,
1: uh, who's Matthew Berry? That is the question, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, I guess he's on on the Fantasy Football Podcast, right? Okay,
0: cool. Ah, Okay. This yeah, is cool. I, I
2: do remember, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I'm sure he had very nice things to say about, uh, about Mogulcast. I think it goes back to when, um, we beat them out for a podcast award or we were. Yeah. Something to that effect. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, he works for. What are you up to, Kate? Fantasy football podcast.
0: (laughs) Just hanging out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We here at Game of Bones um, are big NFL fans, and we have uh, football teams that we're fans of, and we play fantasy football.
1: At least I do. I don't. So, uh, yeah, have
2: us on the show one time. We'd love to uh, hear what you got to say.
1: Simon Admondson, by email, says, My own of the chapter goes to Varys, Peach Robes, and Lemon Perfume. Ah, No, it sounds like it smells so good.
2: That's what I'm wearing right now. Mm.
0: Jacko from Budapest <laughs> <laughs> says My own for the next Jamie chapter goes to Brienne for trusting her instinct And picking the path less traveled by at least When it comes to outlaws
3: Soleilani says Own goes to Varys Not only does he prove to be the ultimate wing mandaterian But he mm. had little birds in the freaking citadel During a conclave That's it's like having your citadel. own spies in the Vatican While they are choosing a new pope Impressive yeah. Cheers. That's a good point Yeah, Great point very good. I like that. Plus, he is a very good wingman. I mean, he she was brought literally to his house. It's like not only did he help out, but he used my house, <laughs> yeah. and I'll sneak and pass. He gave away, them
1: so. a place, yeah. and yep, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Not even like
2: the ottoman. He said, "Yeah, you, know, you can use my bed."
1: Yeah, if <laughs> you want call it a bed. <laughs> All right. All
2: right. Uh, last email comes from Nick Hartley, who says, "My own ghost, Cersei. Her selfishness alone, single-handedly changed the Seven Kingdoms." Surely no other White Cloak would have put an end to the Mad King but the Son of Tywin. I would also like to say that I listen to many podcasts on many different subjects, but Game of Owens is the one that fills me with Giddy Delight when I see the next episode is up.
0: Yay! Giddy Delight. Nick Hartley. Giddy
2: Delight. Nick Hartley does not sew.
3: Uh, He says, uh, P.S., Please tell Kate to never stop laughing. The sheer joy in it is infectious.
0: I couldn't if I wanted to, Nick like Hartley.
3: <laughs> Don't worry. Well, I'm convinced. This has been fun.
0: This has been a this has been a good time. We have fun. We have we have We were laughs. with the
1: brothers. The brothers, guys. Oh uh, yeah.
0: What's the brothers? Our next chapter is Arya, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. She's just yeah. uh, Arya excited too.
1: Arya. that she just howls. I'm sure it's all <laughs> she Ooh-woo. does.
0: But it's
2: important that she has that connection. It in, is important. It could be play a part later on in the uh, <laughs> that's
1: series, true. maybe. That's so you listening true. at home, know.
2: you know what to do.
3: Write into us. Say hello. Keep listening. Tell your friends. All the cool stuff. We're all here together, uh, mm-hmm. sort of virtually connected. And and that's basically the same bond that we have with you guys, except uh, we're talking to each other. So, yeah, figure that yeah. one out. Mm-hmm.
0: Twitter.com slash Game of Bones. Facebook.com slash Game of Bones are some sites to go to yeah. for great times.
2: Email us. Contact at com <laughs> If you're interested
3: in catching our second chapter of whatever it is that we end up calling it, head on over to patreon.com slash goo slash goo slash
0: Nice. Go. Consider
3: donating and joining uh, our cause and becoming a mm-hmm. better man and thinking about, you know, vanquishing evil one buck at a time. Mm-hmm. It's true. You well, we like want
1: to thank. One- we now... We now have broken the 100 patrons mark. We want to thank everybody for their uh, kind kindness and support.
0: I saw somebody tweeted us saying that they were the 100th. It's like Rusted Box Records was the 100th. Yeah, that, that Twitter account was the 100th Patreon, Patreoner. Patreonator. Rusted
1: Box Records.
2: Thank you. Cool beans. Thank you, number 100. And uh, there is uh, one other way that you can get in touch with us and uh, basically do what Nick did towards the end of that email uh which is leave us a review. It is now the month of October, so nothing less than five stars is acceptable on right. iTunes. And uh I just have one here I want to read because I think it's pretty good. It is five stars, of course. And uh oh, of course. Of course. very creatively the title is Hey, listen. <laughs> Zach <laughs> will get that reference. I think people will too. Hey. Cool too.
3: What do you want
1: video and games?
2: Their name is Three Femmer Four. Huh. Pretty good name. And they say, Legend of Zelda, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings references on a Game of Thrones podcast? What more could a nerd girl want, Kate? These are all the best things in one brought to you in a hilarious and yet thought-provoking podcast. Do you like Game of Thrones? Do you like to laugh? Then open up your ear holes and find out why this Game of Thrones podcast is simply the best out there. With an articulate and diversified set of sullied and unsullied hosts who review all forms of media relating to Game of Thrones without spoilers, a book reader can remember what it was like reading for the first time, and a show watcher can see things from a different perspective and gain further insight into their favorite characters' motivations. Do it. You'll be glad you did, and then you'll spend two months catching up like (laughs) I did.
3: That was very sweet. Oh my gosh, that was Yay! very sweet. Yeah,
1: it's a great review. Thank you. So thank, thank
2: you. you. That Thanks was very. Thanks to
0: everybody kind. leaving those reviews. For thank us. you, Navi.
2: We'll just call you Navi.
0: Thank you, Navi. Thank
1: you,
2: Eric. We'll explain it to you later. I was
1: waiting to break out with the uh, the Game of Thrones whistle again the west the Western whistle to ah. the close. That was I was poised. I was literally I was hovering by the mic, going, you know, just <laughs> breathing in, waiting for it,
0: waiting for your big moment.
1: Clearly, guys, yeah. we we are we are queued up. To, uh, it's time Sorry. for us to leave now. <laughs> you didn't recognize it's, the have, tension. We have
0: to go now. Yeah, yeah. it's time Good. for us to
3: leave. Uh, Good. We have nothing but love for each and every one of you, except for the. <laughs> well, no, we do. So that's <laughs> that's it. That's all.
0: Good night. Good night, everyone.
3: Sweet dreams, listeners. <laughs>
1: We should do that thing where we say our names. I'm. Kate. I'm... I, did, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Bless your heart.
3: <laughs> should we do that? I'm thing? Eric. I'm
0: I just uh, did it. I can't uh, be the only one. You can't be like I'm Kate and then play the fucking <laughs> exit music. <laughs> Everybody's got to say it now.
3: Okay, um, Micah. You cool with that? Yeah. I'm Zach. <laughs>
2: I'm Zach. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, Micah.
1: <laughs> Good night, Eric. Good night. I'm Godar. Rangers! <laughs> oh, boy. Geldar, magic wand, make my monster
2: grow!
3: Rita.